Aloha listeners, a quick content warning for today's episode. This interview includes mention of suicidal thoughts. This is Hawaii Rising, a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund. I'm Kenji Cataldo. It's just me today. Today we're speaking with Uncle Keoki Fukumitsu and Jasmine Slovak from Ho'iho'i'ea. Ho'iho'i'ea's mission is to re-establish sovereignty through the reclamation of land, water, and nearshore marine estuaries in Malama Aina traditions and responsive campaigns, embodying the concept of Aloha Aina. They are a multi-generational hui composed of traditional agricultural practitioners, educators, and organizers. Ho'ihoi'ea is currently focusing its efforts on the restoration of 29 acres of lo'ikalo in the Waikane Nature Preserve in Waikane Valley. Before meeting at the key project office in Kahalu'u for the interview, we went to the lo'i site in Waikane. Turning off Kamehameha Highway onto Waikane Valley Road, we can already see the kalo leaves fluttering in the wind. We park and get out to greet Uncle Keoki and Jasmine. Uncle Keoki has been growing kalo in Windward Oahu for decades and has touched the lives of thousands of kids through his educational programs. As we look out over the lo'i, he tells us about this aina in Waikane. So this location has been, hasn't been farmed wetland for maybe 50 years. So even myself, you know, smoky time, you know, I went to Waihole, um, Waihole school, went to ninth grade. And so we always walk by, and when you, we walking on the road, walking home, you always see all the remnants. So like we walk in home and we see the ditches, so you get the inlet, the outlet, so you see how the water used to go, how the topo of the land used to be. Uh, people are still living around, so the land wasn't really um, kind of um, vegetation out, you know, out of control. And so, you know, we recognize that as, as, as your um, youth. And then when you grow up and you venture off, and fortunately for me, I'd stayed home. Well, I had no choice because my grandparents made me stay home and do the work. And, and when you're around them, they start telling, telling you about the stories, you know, about who, who lived over here, which kuleana was, was whose kuleana, uh, and, and so on, how we all related. Uh, you know, they kind of give you the bearings. Because all your classmates, you can see these are the, the families that used to be over here at one time. And so it makes it really more, um, you know, you kind of soak it up. You, you really feel at home. And so I start making poi with, with um, some of the kupunas like on this valley of the street. And then they start talking, you know, they're 20, 30 years older than me. They start sharing to me about who used to farm here and whatnot. So at least now you're in touch with, with um, the past and the current. And, um, and then as you get older, well, I get, we get older, I got older with the uh, um, land issues is still up there. But say from around uh, 1950, the um, sugar and pineapple growers really start to make an impact on the land and uh, ranchers. So, um, you know, people really gotta, gotta dig in 
because they're um, possessing the land and then they're making a motion, they're requesting the courts, making a motion to, um, they're paying all the land tax, you know, they're, they um, surrounded all the lands, so they, they're, uh, they're making a motion to the court to get a um, uh, land commissioner um, to look at all, all the, the real estate and um, they start paying the taxes on it and they start accumulating all these lands, so they start spreading out and whatnot. And so they start taking the water, they start encroaching on the side. Taking the water is, is, is a huge impact. And you know, the, the, the natives, they don't want to pay money for pay the land tax, farm, you know, get a couple of attorneys, you know, uh, equipment supplies, you know, or you know, even get well, employ, employees on the farm. And um, so I, as I growing up, I see all this stuff going on. And I, I tell myself, you know what, I got them. I got this thing. But the only thing with no more is, is money. Uncle Keoki alludes to the history of land and water struggles in Waikane and the neighboring valley Waiahole. But today, he focuses on the story of restoring these lo'i in the front of Waikane Valley. I come on top of this land, on this land, well, we came on and we cleared it up, and we've been battling for these lands forever. So from uh, Ariyoshi's administration, 1976, they purchased all these lands, put these lands in conservation, uh, preservation in perpetuity, and to promote the existing diversified egg. That would release something like you know, um, six to 10 million. So they buy, uh, the state buys this portion, Waihole, Waikane, Kulo Park. Then they transfer the budget over to the city. The city takes over. And this is where we're kind of at right now. But anyway, that code paid off everything, so now it made it even more possible. The EIS that was done over here by the um, EPA, DLU, DUL, and the Amakov engineers. So the EIS done by these guys, and it makes it even more so. Now you get a full-on comprehensive study that detail as when you come in here, you know, you know, you'd be looking for this stuff. So we came in, we started clearing. The place was really on mess. Uh, in back of me, you couldn't even walk in here. Just uh, the guinea grass was like um, across the road over here, or the vegetation over here. But it was guinea grass. This whole area, the city used to come and spread the guinea grass with poison. The kids up the street would just light them up. This whole place would just burn out. So we lecturing the city, hey, stop burning. So we came in, we started cleaning from the bottom. And this is, so, you know, I get together with the city and they, they bust out the uh, master plan, the conceptual plan. And then that plan was developed with the community. Um, you know, if you go back a step back, when they purchased this, uh, they uh, make, get a master plan. So we come in, we put in our input, what the community like over here. So we kind of like follow, we follow what the community like and then what the, the city and the state is looking, looking for. But I myself, I really know the, um, not just the topography, but the history of the land. So it's easy for me to you know, um, be driven you know, and, and determined. And so um, we, came in, we came in first with the um, mini excavator and we had dig the trench, the Awai, from the culvert right around the high vegetation line uh, and circle this place. And we came over here. All of a sudden, I feel the coupon say, okay, that's enough with the machine. You go over here and you, you, you shovel this, the rest of this away over here. 
So I start shoveling the ditch from here all the way up, and why are you doing that? You know, you, you start hearing, uh, hearing the voices, you know. You start, you start feeling the wahane, like, and you start remembering, you know, the, the days of old, you know. And so me, it's just coming on, so um, we see markers. So now we started to hit markers on the um, LCA and how the thing going out. So I hit rocks in there, I kind of mark them. I hit uh, more terrace layout. First one pohaku individually. I said, like, oh, okay, that's a good sign. They could have been a corner of the ditch because they usually use the pohaku for just um, control the water on the, um, on the transferring water from one lo'i to the other. So you already know, say, okay, this is going to be the cornerstone or the stone under Hawaii to um, control the water. And so I recognize that stuff, and that's important to, you know, in my mind already, seeing the, um, the Mahele map, I, I kind of, in my mind, I can see how the uh, contour of the, each lo'i used to go out. And sure enough, we hit them. We had another terrace over there, I said, okay. Because if I came in here with the machine, I, I wouldn't have seen that. Because the machine would have moved the rocks around and would have threw the whole um, conveyance off on the Vakahiko, on the ancient ones. And so, once we dug the ditch and we got things flowing, and sure enough, here comes the Oai popping up. But of course, you know, we know the legends of Kane Holani. So Kane, that ridge on the top there, is a companion to the heavens. And it was also a marker for the double haul canoes coming in to the shores of Koloa. And they start coming into the, the, um, the bay, um, Waiholi Waikani over here, Koloa. They come right into the bay, because out there can be rough as anything, and here in this pocket is still. And so you can see all of that, and you can see the movement starting to, now they jump off the canoe, they're starting to dwell on the land. And, um, you know, as time go by, there's challenges with the um, foreigners who are coming in. After spending some time in Waikane, as it started to rain, we drove down to the key project office in Kahalu'u to sit down and talk about the organization Ho'i Ho'i Ea. Today we're sitting down to talk with Uncle Keoki Fukumitsu and Jasmine Slovak from Ho'i Ho'i Ea. Um, could you both just start by introducing yourself? Aloha, I'm Keoki Fukumitsu from Winred, Oahu. Aloha, my name is Jasmine and I'm from Mauna Lua, Oahu. Awesome, and so can you um, just first start by talking a little bit about Ho'i Ho'i Ea, um, what you are as a Hui and how you came about? Well, we were going, um, I was participating with the Hana, Hana Taro Festival on Maui in Hana, um, I think in the 80s. And again, the movement was on, so <clears throat> I was tight with um, Kekuni Blaisdell and we're doing, well, you know, we're all tight with him, but uh, we're doing the um, Laho Ehoiea up at Tommy Square. And then we're doing more of the Hawaiian diet and so on. And so as a fundraiser, I wanted to do um, t-shirt sales while I was down in Hana at the um, Taro Festival. And so I asked him for his blessing that we were gonna do just Instead of Lahoi Hoi Ea, we're going to do Hoi Hoi Ea, you know, back to your roots, you know, back to life. 
And so it started from there, we'd do t-shirts and they were just going crazy, the t-shirts. And of course, the, that community was totally grassroots and hands-on. Um, um, it was a one-of-a-kind um, location down there. It just uh, the ride down to um, Hana. <clears throat> so we developed that and um, we started that and then uh, you know, as time went on, things started changing. Um, because development started, started coming in and the, um, the natives' uh, testimony is kind of weakening off because um, Hawaii was getting really advanced in the Western style of living. And so the change was really um, rapidly developing and uh, kind of moved us right out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, so as you know, Uncle has shared with the other board members, um, there is like a broader expansion of Ho'i Ho'i Ea um, behind the philosophy of its name, um, but more so this reclamation, right, of um, Ea and the return of that. And there are things that kind of underpin it, which is, you know, really what makes up the identity of someone who is indigenous to Hawaii, right? And it's this way of life around water and land. So when we displace people from those things, we also displace them from their identity. And so a big part of the mission at Ho'i Ho'i Ea is to reclaim not only land spaces and cultural practices, but through that, really restore the people and what it means to be of that people. That's kind of the mission of our organization as um, Uncle Kiyoki has envisioned it, being the founder. You know, I like, thank you for um, reminding me. The um, initial intention was to locate um, a site that would be our Pūhunua and Koloa Waikani is the Pu'ohonoa. So from the Pu'ohonoa to, was to develop a place of refuge for people, our people, that's being dispossessed. You know, so it was made for, for healing. You know, our people can come over and heal. Whatever the issue or the subject was, they, a place to heal, and it's kind of relevant that we're um, using our uh, some of the grounds over here at the key project in Kahalu, you know, and then from Kahalu you get Waihole and Waikani, you know, further on going down the coast um, to be relevant. But it was a Pohonua, and sometimes we kind of forget about that, even myself. But me myself. Uh, being the Kalo man, I really knew what it took to um, to uh, overcome the um, uh, influence of the Western system. So I I um, I started cleaning up and you know going through the. Um, the legal entities, like with the city and the state. And, um, you know, it kept going on and on and on until I finally got the um, Kahalu Neighborhood Board 
to make a resolution to keep the place in conservation. And then I had the Waiholi Waikani Community Association uh, uh, present a uh, support letter um, towards what we're doing for conservation also. And if, if you know history, Waiholi Waikani is uh, one of the biggest movements in Hawaii along Kaholawe. And they were both active at the same time. So, you know, Hoi Hoi was, you know, getting out there and then coming back to your roots. And then we were just kind of like running up and down the valley uh, a lot back then, but not really developing any, any really permanent site uh, until maybe the last um, 10 years was finally. And because I was, I'm the younger one, I was the youngest of all the, the tribe. Um, all my cousins are older than me and whatnot, and um, um, we kind of moved out of the valley um, and resided in Hakipus. So I, I really never spent too much time, and then all of a sudden I'm back in there because of the um, absence of our kupuna in the valley. But pretty much um, creating a puhonoa and then um, develop a hands-on, uh, a hands-on workshop, work days, and then be a little more creative. And it was kind of a touch and go, because the place was kind of used as a dump site. And um, we've taken out this, you know, 500 pounds of bottles and cans, and there's tons of metal, you know, dozens and dozens of tires and I mean it was relentless to clean up at the beginning just the entry alone and then you know we had to uh, fit in with the community so we, we did a hands-on thing pretty much for the first um, five years um, and we were just out on the outside on the entry and because we were financially kind of binded um, most of my hustling for income was to provide legal services for my family further on down the next the next Aupua in Hakipu'u, Koloa. Um, so all of my all of my um, finances were going over there for attorney fees and whatnot, and um, so everything back in Waikani became more physical, and there was uh, that was the pace that we stayed on. Um, until I got real um, <clears throat> out of court, going in and out of court for um, the last 15, 20 years, I decided to um, just attach myself to Waikani again. Um, going in and out of court for lands in Waihole, Waikani, Hakipu, Koloa, in my, my home grounds. Trying to, um, you know, I was, I was going through a process of dispossession and I had to, it was kind of crazy because now I got to show proof of my, you know, my residence and the history and, and, and so forth. And then, you know, legally um, showing title and all of that. So, you know, you get all these little bits and pieces that come into play that could be a sword, you know, against you. But, you know, fortunately I had a good shield mm -hmm. of fate. <clears throat> and, uh, I stayed 
I'm pretty close to the, the old folks and the, the community because you know I went I went to school with these with everybody you know from K to 12. And in the last three years, um, we started getting a little bit help, small kind, just enough to rent one machine. Uh, a small little excavator to dig the special management area on the rim of the wetlands, which is about 26 acres. But this is uh, LCA lands with the land patent. It's about 50 acres. The whole Aupua, that's a nature reserve, is 500 acres. So having a um, reforestation, um, uh, reasons to get in there and have a place to um, reside. So I started coming back up to Winter Community College, of course at Kaneohe um, Haiku. Um, I would bring the um, professors and the chancellors, the deans, I would bring the city and county um, permit and planning directors down and look at how we can get the kids from the school to the project site in whatever subject and trade they were taking and do that transformation. And, uh, you know, I, I was still healing at that time, still going in and out of court, and, um, you know, I got real depressed. Um, real suicidal, um, depressed, um, and um, uh, and all of a sudden, Connie started calling, mm -hmm. like, "Hooey boy, you forgot me. All the kupunas left, but I'm still here." And I looked back up the valley, and I was like, oh, "Okay, here I come." Mm -hmm. So I kind of um, transferred from in between these ahupua uh, that I was in, and I just, just stuck to um, Waikani and started cleaning and cleaning. And then um, I noticed uh, on Facebook, um, Lynette Cruz folks was doing, and she, she, she came out before for us. We were doing a lot of canoes at Waiholi Beach Park, but we were active a lot in um, Waiholi area. Makai side of, on the beach park, we were doing the, we are cutting down Abisha trees from Mauka and bringing them down and carving them out. Then we would, we would do the Aloha Week Parade mm -hmm. with our canoes out there. And we ended up doing the um, Lahaina. So again, now, because you know, like I said, we had minimum wages, minimum, you know, we never have money and all that, and it took money for doing all this. You know, just for hauling log around, you need one on huge um, you know, equipment for coming and do that. So um, once we dug the Hawaii and Lynette folks came in with their crew, we, went, we just went off. Yeah, let's pause because we'll introduce Auntie Lynette and um, Kaleaina Ali'i. So it's funny that you mentioned Pu'u Honua because um, and kind of the dispossession of land in place in a lot of ways I hear in your story in trying to create a pu'u honua for the broader community, it's even become a pu'u honua that was necessary in your life to return to. Um, and Uncle Kiyoki and I met through Kaleaina Ali'i um, and that is a hui uh, that is connected through our board. We also have another uh, board member, uh, Kara Kailai. Uh, and she's our president at Kaleaina Ali'i. 
Um, and also uh, Auntie Lynette Cruz from YNI. And um, I was a member of Kaleaina Li'i, and they brought me out to Waikane. And that's how Uncle Kiyoki and I met um, and got involved with the project that way. And in a lot of ways, I know for our hui, we malama aina because that is our healing. And in a lot of ways, Sunday is our pu'u honua with each other, with whatever aina we're taking care of. And so I think that was the alignment with the two organizations. And that continues to be kind of our anchor uh, work day or malama day at Waikane. Um, so, you know, to kind of extrapolate some of that vision, as a pu'u honua, there's it functions in a couple of different ways. The physical space itself and the aina, and trying to create both food security, um, continuity of cultural practice, which defines key identities, but also aloha aina in the sense that to care for the land, we also must engage in the political and legal battles um, that continue to dispossess Hawaiians today. So. We both need a place to heal and restore ourselves in that battle. We need a place to ground ourselves in those practices. And additionally, a place to learn, but pass ike, or knowledge, from our kupuna to the next generation. And so specifically on our board, we've tried to think consciously about the kupuna, like Uncle Kiyoki, um, and the makua, sort of the, the generation that needs, you know, we really see it as like our kuleana now to step up and provide that physical and, um, you know, kind of effort level, right? Um, and take up that kuleana for the kupuna, but have them be able to pass on the knowledge and the continuity of both the movement and um, what it means to be rooted in this place. So, you know, really that's the core of ho'i ho'i ea and the work that we do. and. Um, the final project that we're currently working on that expands that is looking to, you know, much like um, Auntie Lynette Cruz and Waianai's Kupuna Council, what does a Kupuna Council look like here in central Kahalu'u? And that's something that we're looking at with Key Project um, and other board members like uh, Hi'iaka Jardine and uh, just reaching out to the kupuna here, saying like your ike is important and your understanding of this place is important. And the makua are now standing up asking that you, you know, help, help us in this, this next chapter going forward. Yeah, yeah you know, we, we started off um, a ways back looking for, looking for a place to farm. The place was right there, but because it was so overgrown um, it was hard to really vision. And I was going out there relentless, because, you know, I was getting dispossessed from my kuleana. I didn't know why I, had, I didn't have that much protection to keep me on the land. <clears throat> but then in Waiholi Waikani, you know, that's the ag lot. Um, Waikani became the um, nature reserve. So all the people in Waiholi Valley were saying, Kilki, we need help. And so it became a, a larger now portion of being dispossessed because they're on the, uh, you know, on the, on the, right in the front line to get evicted. And he said, we, I said, so how much you guys, how much of you farmers? He said, 75 of us. We're not following up with our uh, obligations to the contract. 
So that really pushed me over. But then, at that time, the state still owned Waikani. So I went over to, um, at that time, the governor was Cayetano. So like Cayetano, we're looking for 500 acres for food surplus and um, uh, what's that? job security. Food security and job security and food surplus. So Ariyoshi brought out his whole entourage and we sat down. I mean, he brought everybody out from the city, Parks and Recreation, to DLNR, to the Body Health, to the Army Corps. Uh, I was doing projects around um, in Kaneohe, you know, that I, I was working with these um, departments. And so we, after a while, we looked at Waikani because it became more available. And um, uh, we went for it. So, so from Ariyoshi's um, time when he um, preserves the land, then Cayetano comes in, kind of like um, handles the budget. And then we had a green light all the way through, but we still never had funds. But at the same time, I had more lands I was going for to preserve, which was my home. And it, it would cost me, you know, it was going to cost me a million dollars to buy out everybody who had an interest, so-called interest, which they never have. But that's how much, that's what it, it took. It took about a million dollars to get a few people out of the scene. Um, even though they had no claim. And so, lo and behold, I started working even deeper with the, um, the city and the state and going in and out of courts. So after going to courts about 15 years, you know, I took, because I didn't have money to do the retaining fee. Um, so, I, you know, so as you're doing all of this, you know, all the energy that's going through is emotional. And then finally, Again, you know, I, even though Waikani was the last place possible um, because of the, the overgrowth and the way the community was and how rugged the, the community is, you know, um, I decided to go back in there and, and lo and behold, with um, connecting with, um, with different groups, it kind of really started to um, advance. But, in, in the court system, the Pohonoa, and people were getting dispossessed all over. That was a, a great place for the Waihole um, farmers. And the plan was to provide a nursery. And from the nursery, we'd create plants, potted plants, to transfer back to Waihole to help the tenants out, all 75 tenants. So they were getting old and whatnot, you know, and they weren't really farming already. So we figured, okay, we get, uh, reforestation is, is perfect. So we come out with fruit trees, you know, ulu, banana, stuff like that. Then we come out again, we just, we harvest. Whatever we plant, we do the harvest, we market, and we just do the exchange and give, we spread the, uh, spread the dollar around. That was kind of the, the first um, big work in there. I wanted to go back very briefly. Um, you were talking about, you know, Auntie Lynette and um, Kalei which is also how I first met you, Uncle, and um, met the, um, came to Waikane. And just thinking back to that first work day and what it looked like, 
And then we were just up there today and seeing what it looks like now. And it's just really amazing to, to see that progress, you know, from clearing the eight foot high grass to now it's lo'i. I wanted to ask, we were, you're talking about work days and uh, if you could share ways that people listening to this could either support your work or if there are ways people could get involved as well. Well, definitely, um, we're out there, we're not out there broadcasting too much, but enough with um, uh, the level of the um, people that are working now that could get the word out. So getting the word out for us, um, you know, we, we got Facebook and then the, whatever we relate to, all the workers who are coming down now relate to Facebook and just all the posting that Lynette does um, is, you know, people asking, um, you know, they saw the Facebook page and the posting around and then I'm always hustling and then I'm sure the group is hustling too trying to get people out there. And eventually, where we're at right now, um, the picture is pretty clear. And the energy um, that's coming out of the place is really clear because um, our, our board <coughs> just established in um, overnight, mm. you know. <coughs> yeah, so he, he's saying we renewed our board. Uh, we have more makua, so I think that's the energy you might be talking about. Not that, like, let me say, Uncle Kiyoki sets the bar for the kind of, like, uh, like Hana and energy you got to bring to the table to be a board member. Um, but I would say if you know you're interested in supporting, you know, thanks to the support of the Hawaii's People People's Fund, uh, we will be hosting a small fundraiser, likely at Key Project. Um, we have a website, hoihoiea.org. Uh, you can sign up for newsletters. Um, kind of to Uncle Kiyoki's point, we're we're still kind of building out the framework for people to plug in and come out to more work days. Um, you can always follow Kale Aina Ali'i, which has a Facebook. They, they now started a Instagram um, for their, their future work days at our site. Um, and then additionally, you know, donations of any kind are welcome. Uh, monetary donations are the best because they're the most flexible for us. Um, but we also, if you've got a tractor you'd like to donate, that's also something we're open to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now we're getting out to business. Yeah. Um, you know, and then also you can contact us through the website if you are a community member on the Ko'olau side and you want a pu'ohonua, then you know, I think just reach out and we can build up our network because I think, again, it's the season for that. Um, so we said hoihoiea.org. We have a uh, Instagram. It's uh, hoihoiea is our handle. Um, you know, sign up for now to find out about future things, and then contact us if you'd like to kokua in any way. Yeah, uh, we definitely could use you know even like the construction guys. We, we want to put up a um, worksheet on the site because things have changed. The city has transferred. Um, the uh, property over to the um, EMS, the emergency um, unit out there, and they're not going to use the, the place. They favor us, so now it's a green light. So if you guys uh, want to come out and um, put up a tool shed, 10 by 12 by 15, uh, so we get develop a um, 
uh, security over there for our tools, or we can leave our tools out there. You know, we want to establish at least uh, a mobile um, office, a mobile laboratory, and a construction site so we can um, start to advance um, and, uh, you know, tutor, their, tutor those who are unfamiliar. You know, we can be that much more comfortable. Uh, we can leave th things out on the site and um, we can get a kind of self-explanatory direction with the arrow and directions pointing tools here, you know, such things like that. You know, office there, um, laboratory outside further in the back, laboratory to do soil sampling, water sampling, vegetation sampling, uh, organizing invasive eradication and native um, planting, uh, much more um, uh, constructive now. Um, now the ball is kind of rolling uh, where we, we can offer um, security um, out there, or confidence on people who want to come in and donate. Again, if you're a plumber, we need pipes or help run irrigation lines around. If you're a carpenter, we could build the, the two shed. If you're a banker, you could, you know, put uh, a little funds down, <laughs> you know, build up our banking account. Um, whoever wants to donate, that is really um, awesome. Again, we need to create a nursery, you know, to de develop our um, planting uh, location and, and uh, um, site. And then we need a hatchery to do our aquaponics and stuff like that. If you're doing, you're doing like now people do, a lot of people doing the aquaponic. They can come out and set up the aquaponic system, you know, so we got water rotating in their fish tanks or whatever, developing the, the worm. Uh, warm water and whatnot, um, and watering the native plants around. We start simple, right from the the hard banks, the driveway, and then move right into the wetland again. Um, native plants. Somebody could come in and donate native plants. You know, we're um, we got um, eradication, um, uh, invasive weed control. So you know, we could use heavy equipment and even light equipment. Um, donate your time, your machines, um, and um, get that going. Once we got the contact going, you know, we, the good thing, the, the amazing thing about this whole adventure is now we're like family. Mm. You know, if we didn't get a little bumps and bruises and scratches and sweat and all of that, the three of us over here, we wouldn't be talking, you know. But we've, we've gotten above and beyond that, you know. And we do just want to give a big mahalo to uh, Hawaii People's Fund because they've been, like you've been, um, really important, I think, in this renewal of our next season and chapter. Um, and we really appreciate that partnership and the network that you've connected us to. Awesome. Yeah, well, mahalo to you all for the work that you're doing. and. Yeah, and for taking the time today to, to share some of your story, uh, Uncle. And it's great to, to see where that Aina is at now and the, how, how, how much it's flourishing under your stewardship. I think that's, that's all from my end.
Um, are there, yeah, is there anything else that you would like to share before we close out? Well, thanks to both of you, definitely, and the rest of our, our group that has a caliber and a heart to um, lay everything down, you know, the shirt off the back, the shirt off your back, and become, you know, develop the, uh, the hui, you know, the, the brotherhood, and do what it takes. Um, I went out there relentless to get help. Um, it's unbelievable, the determination that, you know, people, once they get the vision, they're unstoppable. So, you know, come out there and, and let's get others to come out there and, and get the vision and get on a mission. And we got a chainsaw for you and a weed eater for you to just go. <laughs> go to the field is out. <laughs> and then we eat and we have fun and we can talk about things. And the good part, we dis discuss things. We're not hiding, holding anything back. Whatever it is, we bring it right to the table. We eat, kuka kuka. And every, everybody has their own mission and vision outside of what we're providing. And I can see that in a group too. You know, in each one of each one of you. Uh, so, a shout out to Aloha Aina. Hawaii Rising is a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund, produced by me and me, with additional support from Mickey. Our theme music is Revolutionary from the band Ukla the Mock, written and sung by Mickey Hui Hui. A big thank you to our community supporters and to you, our audience, for listening. Ahui ho!